0: Resistance is this practice of staying in there and continuing forward until your opportunities can find you. Every change is harder than you think it's going to be. It takes three times as long to realize the payback as you think it's going to. And so there is a certain level of endurance that you have to bring to that. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood
1: pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips
2: Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name's Jason Zenger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. I'm in the studio here with my good friend and co-host,
1: Jim Carr. Hey, that's what we like to do. We like to inspire and equip.
2: Yes, we are. and We we do well at that. We got a great guest with us today that I'm really excited about. It's a a VIP,
1: VIP guest. Yeah,
2: it is. I actually should have said, hello, Modern Machine Shop listeners. Yeah, Absolutely. So anyway, before we kind of unwrap this guest, why don't we uh, talk about a little manufacturing news?
1: Yeah, so you know, everyone knows, everyone that listens to the show knows how Jim gets his, you know, manufacturing news that he retweets on all his platforms and Are you speaking with, about yourself in the third person? I am. I, yeah, I my my vocabulary isn't that great, but <laughs> my grammar, exact. But anyway, you know, I've I've shared this with our audience before how I go about getting my manufacturing news on a daily basis and uh, I came across this one today. It's on manufacturing.net and it was kind of relevant to what's going on in my shop floor right Right now and it's three ways that smarter mobility is transforming efficiency on the manufacturing floor and I read through the article and I thought oh my god it was it kind of paralleled what I was doing so in When you say sh-
2: mobility can you just define that really quickly are you talking cell phones are you just tra- talking any electronic device that
1: moves around what what exactly do we well, mean Well I think it's about mobility it's it's about how movement, whether it's your employees, oh, just your general or movement, w- okay. The shop floor, the the product, the process moving around in your shop, so. You remember I shared with you that I recently got a, a mobile PC cart for a shop? Yeah, so it's really just, cool. I like we it. We could push the cart right in front of the machine. They have full control of Mastercam right there. They've got the control of the database where the, if we have a repeat job. They just put the thumb drive in, pull it out. They pull all the information from the repeat job. The same thing that's going on here. But what they did in this article is they're taking it to another level and saying that the employer is actually having their employees have an app on their smartphone to kind of monitor how the employee moves through the shop and if it's efficient or not. And I thought, oh my God, that's brilliant. I didn't really delve into the article too, too much after that, but I uh, did so you read is anything this about, else?
2: Yeah. Is, so is this about like just
1: trying to figure out a way to be more efficient, to be more absolutely. lean with your movements and stuff? It's absolutely. Okay. So again, you know, I I try to practice in my small shop, I always say baby steps forward. You know, you don't have to spend $200,000 on a piece of capital equipment to run more efficient than you think. I always think about it is is in small increments, or, or lo- what I like to say is in baby steps. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, uh, getting that mo- that um, mobile PC cart was was one. Just, I could think of a thousand ones, but I, I, mean, I think I'm, that's a great, I,
2: mean, I think that mobile PC cart is, is a great it, it's, baby it's, step. It's probably
1: paid for itself threefold already.
2: Yeah. I mean, even like going back to um, one of our previous episodes where we talked about culture. You, you even want to do baby steps with your culture too.
1: Exactly, exactly. So anyway, if our readers want to read it, it's um, just Google googlemanufacturing.net, and the article name is called Three Ways That Smarter Mobility is Transforming Efficiency on the Manufacturing Floor. It's a short read. It's interesting. And if Ryan anybody reads it and has any feedback... Yeah, Ryan can yep. post it to our show notes too. You bet. So, who do we have here today? Please oh, we, tell us. Please tell us.
2: <laughs> we we have Pete Zielinski from Modern Machine Shop Magazine.
1: Yeah, I know that guy. I've met him before today too. Did you I know, that? know? I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. we I'm, I'm excited to have him here. And,
2: what do we call you, the Z-axis? Is that, that's your like, Twitter uh, handle, right? Well, so
0: you and I share the, yeah, we're the, both Z's. the secret I love it. pain of the... In fact, I'll tell you, a credible nickname for you now that I realize it would be that? Jay-Z. There you go. So, <laughs>
2: You know how you 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 so, know how you identify like just the best of the best? It's the ones with their last name at the end
0: of the alphabet. Uh, would uh, you indeed. agree? And, uh, that has been my experience. I agree. Yeah.
1: So we're on the same page there. Yeah, so anyway, as you can hear, we have uh, Pete Zelinsky here. He's currently the writer and editor of Modern Machine Shop Magazine and most recently, Additive Manufacturing Magazine. He's got some good credentials. He's a graduate of University of Cincinnati. He's got a BA in Mechanical Engineering. That's where you got your manufacturing background, I would assume. What Pete does best, Pete is a longtime editor, columnist, and correspondent with Modern Machine Shop Magazine, the leading publication in North America covering industrial, metalworking, and CNC machining. Um, most recently, he helped launch Additive Manufacturing Magazine, which I have not read yet. I plan on though, which is devoted to the use of 3D printing technologies to manufacture functional parts. Pete is a near 20-year veteran. You're almost as old as I am, Pete. And he has toured hundreds of manufacturing companies all over the country and written perhaps 1,000 manufacturing-centric articles about Our industry. We are fortunate to have him with us in our studio today to share with our listeners his knowledge and experience in manufacturing. By the way, MMS is published by Gardner Business Media, based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Gardner is a media company focused on discrete part manufacturing. Modern Machine Shop is one of over a dozen different manufacturing brands. It has over 96,000 subscribers in print, and the website MMS. Online.com gets over one hundred and fifty thousand monthly visits.
2: I want to thank you, Pete. Actually, months ago you featured making chips on one of your blog posts. So and that definitely helped us out. So I appreciate oh, that. Oh, sure. Yes. helped you
1: I, I don't know if we ever yeah. said got thank us a you little exposure that. Yeah. that you know we
0: didn't have before. Oh, Kinda you guys are you guys are doing something cool here. And I was glad to give a shout out to Thank that. you.
1: Welcome to the show, Thank and you. um I'm excited to to talk about longevity and the successful manufacturing companies. When I think back of all the years that I've been in this industry and when my dad was there and how I've kind of moved into that the leadership role and where I'm guiding and moving my company forward, I always think, oh my God, am I doing it the right way, whether it's right or wrong, but how are other people doing it right and what, Characteristics do they have that could help me run my manufacturing company a little better? So, what have you seen, Pete? You know, you've been out there in the trenches, you've been on the manufacturing floor like Jason and I have. What do you see what 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 is the one of the single most common characteristic traits that you see among successful manufacturing leaders?
0: yeah, uh, leadership characteristics. and i I have given some thought to that um because of you guys. i I know that you're you the focus you want for this podcast is manufacturing leaders. And it's like I kind of thought back over traits that I see in common among manufacturing business leaders I've seen thrive. A couple of problems with my analysis, I think. One is, you know, first caveat, not scientific. This is just my personal observations. But the perspective I have is, with a couple of exceptions, I haven't had the chance to spend a lot of time with any single manufacturing business leader, but I spend a little time with a lot of them. And over time, I've seen some really come a long way from when I first met them and I sort of think back over what are some of the commonalities I've seen among some of those who've risen above. The other caveat is a lot of what I think I'm about to say sounds kind of cliche and maybe it's cliche for a reason. It is cliche for a reason because, you know, tried and true practices are what work. Yeah. So some of this sounds like motivational posters on a conference room wall. So let's just muscle through that. So we'll talk personal traits, but I think we can talk about some characteristics of businesses too. Traits of leaders. I got four of these for keeping score. All right, we like numbers. <laughs> Authenticity, honesty is another word. There is this saying, you know, "fake it till you make it." I'm not sure I buy into that because uh, if you if you're functioning that way, you're you're faking. Um, I confront a lot of spin. I, people know that I work for a magazine that's read by a lot of people. People put their best foot forward when they meet with you. Yeah, that, that, that's another way to say it. And it's understandable.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you and I, we talked a little bit today, and I was, my sister, that were there in the room, and I just kind of, you know, asked you the question Do you see a lot of conflict between siblings? And, you know, I know that my sister and I have a great relationship with each other, business wise and personally. And, you know, what your comment to me, which I never thought of, is, well, people kind of, if they have a conflict, they put on that facility. And you know you probably could see through it though too.
0: The manufacturing leader who meets me, and is able to frankly say things like, here's where we're at, here's what we do well, here's what we don't do very well, here is the most recent failure that we're learning from right now, that actually really stands out to me. And I have to believe that that same authenticity manifests in conversations with their customers and their staff, and that redounds to their benefit over time. Another attribute, Persistence. I think it is very easy for any of us who've had a little success to retroactively tell the story of what self made people we are and how we made that success happen. Everyone likes to talk about themselves, right? I tend to think that God and good luck have a lot to do with where we find ourselves. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. (laughs) So I think persistence is this practice of staying in there and continuing forward until your opportunities can find you. How do I take care of my customers today? What is an opportunity in front of me right now that I can step into? And what is a way that I can improve the process right now, even if that's just a little improvement? And that kind of stuff adds up over time, even though you can't see the progress happening while it's happening. We we talked
2: about this briefly on a previous podcast, but culture related, I asked Craig Zoberas, you know, about the book Good to Great. And one of the things that they say in there is, you know, these companies that make this transition, people don't necessarily feel that transition going on because it happens so slowly about becoming a great company. It's not like this thing that just explodes and, you know, happens overnight. It just doesn't happen that way. It's this persistent, slow change that's that's going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely particularly because those changes... Every change you try to make, every positive change you try to make meets with friction. Every change is harder than you think it's going to be. It takes three times as long to realize the payback as you think it's going to. And so there is a certain level of endurance that you have to bring to that. Kind of bringing yourself through those frustrations when, you know, the change that you want to make doesn't go exactly
2: like you want it to. Yeah. Does that ring true to you guys? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. Persistence is key. You You got to be able to, you know, get up in the morning and say, you know, even though I was met with This frustration yesterday. I'm going to overcome this today, and I'm going to just battle through that. I'm going to have this, you know, tough conversation with somebody that you know I don't want to have, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to persist through it. And you always come out on the other end better than than you were before.
1: It's just like what I said in the manufacturing news about that article about you know baby steps. And you know when you were in my shop today, and I told you that same thing, and reiterated, you know, if you're not in a position. To spend a lot of money, if you're a small shop like mine, you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest in high tech equipment. Take baby steps forward because cumulatively, all those little things are going to end up being a big thing, and it's going to help you in the long run, no matter what. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I certainly would love to buy, you know, a new CNC that's you know five axis or. Uh, you know, a twin uh, spindle with live tooling, and that, 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 that'd be amazing, but I can't do it right now. So what I do is I opt to make little baby steps for it. It's proactive baby steps.
0: Let's talk about process improvement. Yeah, let's 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 take a little aside. Then I get asked a lot, so people know I visit lots of shops, and it is a privilege, and I love the chance to do that. And people who know that I do that ask me, "So, Pete, what is the coolest thing you've seen?" And that's the number one question. (laughs) And well, the premise. What is the coolest thing? Well, some variation on that on that question. The premise being that I must have walked into some shop somewhere that is just. This breakthrough manufacturer that's figured out how to do it and they're doing everything right. The truth is manufacturing, machining... There are a lot of moving pieces, and there are different facilities that have made different leaps forward with different pieces of that puzzle. And so, so many examples come to mind. Um, There is this motorcycle parts maker called Recluse in Idaho. I love the name. Yeah, they're (laughs) Recluse (laughs) with a K. They are terrific at lights out manufacturing with robotic automation. It's a small facility, but they figured out this modular way to use robots. Surrounded with a shelf system, the robot can easily grab parts and it gets moved from machine to machine. It's hard to do it justice in a blurb, but so robotic automation is maybe their thing. Bachlin R&D. You had John oh, Bachlin yeah, on an did. earlier yeah, yeah, episode. John's
2: a great guy. Yeah, so he is guy. demonstrating
0: what it looks like to use a production 3D printer on the shop floor in a small tool and die shop beside the machine tool. Um, To augment the process. Or to complement machining with 3D printing or to develop parallel revenue streams. All of that. A few more examples off the top of my head. CNA Tool in Indiana. This is a very sophisticated machining business. A lot of capacity, a lot of capability, a lot of expertise. And they are exploring what it looks like to develop a comparable level of metal additive manufacturing expert alongside that. Burn Tool and Design in Michigan is this shop that is great at maintaining a culture of continuous improvement. How do They're you take it to the nth degree? Well, the, so the issue is how do you keep doing continuous improvement when things are going really well? How right. do you not fall off the wagon of that? Let's
1: stop there just for a minute because sure. I this is what I try to do with my employees. We have a meet a weekly meeting, and I always say, as far as continual improvement, we did this is the first time we've done the job. The second time we do the job, what percent of time can I hold you accountable for, for reducing the time? You know, they say this, and then I, I say, well, the third time we do the job, what percent of the time can I hold you accountable for doing? And they say by the fourth time that they cannot cut time. And I disagree. And I think, yes, you can. There's always, there's always something you can do maybe maybe they yeah. just
2: need to think outside of the box or to think outside of the tools and and I mean that more in the figurative than the you know an actual tool that would work too um but but you know think outside of that and what they could do right. to speed that up
1: so i admire companies like that you, that you've seen that their main initiative is continual improvement and that's probably well documented they have metrics in place to show it
0: Right. Yeah. And so, well, so uh, what that reminds me of is the company I just visited. I get there from time to time. Tech Manufacturing in Missouri. They are demonstrating how much knowledge you can discern just from a kind of a simple, red, yellow, green type monitoring of their machine activity, uh, looking every day at where are we losing time, trying to figure out why are we losing that time, um, A making it a team effort to what can we do to streamline things a little bit so that we don't lose so much time for that reason again. So and the reason I went down that aside, listing a few shops that are kind of leaping forward in different pieces of the puzzle is the innovators in this industry, machining, discrete part production, the innovators are engaged together in this huge open source effort at figuring manufacturing out. And Modern Machine Shop gets to be a conduit of what they're discovering in the same same way that you guys, as you've stated, aspire for this show. Yeah, making chips aspires for that same thing.
2: One of the things that I'm kind of hearing from you as far as, you know, what really makes, you know, the best of the best is, and, and this goes back to something that that really is important to me is that it seems like these leaders have a vision of as far as what they can be the best at. And it doesn't have to be this really profound thing. It could be I'm going to be the best at continuous improvement as it relates to a part this size out of this material according to this tolerance or it could be I'm going to be the best of the best as far as this, you know, machine monitoring and, and uptime on a continual basis and once you really focus on what you could be the best at, I think that's when you really start to make that,
0: you know, that breakthrough and you're able to make that leaps and bounds. So certainly Knowing what you're good at, knowing what your strengths are, that's part of it. But another attribute that I see that speaks to what you're saying, love. Love what you do. Find the way to love what you do. Yeah, being passionate. Absolutely. And are you machining to make money? or are you making money as a resource so that you can get better at machining philosophy. yeah yes. yeah i mean
2: i think jim and i kind of you know joke around with that whole mantra of if you're not making chips you're not making money but you know i kind of, i know jim and you know he knows me and you know money is certainly not the most important no, thing no, to no, both no. of us right. it's just kind of this funny thing that we that we say but like yeah it's it's are you doing it just to put money in your pocket or is it a way to enable you to be the best at what you do
0: well if it if it's just to put money in your pocket and if we're all here to make a living. I'm not, I'm not saying that we're not, but, right. but if it's just to put money in your pocket, you are ultimately starving the very thing that's putting money in people's pockets. Yeah, and,
2: and you're going to, you're going to burn out because I mean, it,
0: that can only go so far, but finding the way to bring love to what you do. So there is, you hear it a lot. Uh, business leaders describing their company and their value is, uh, you know, we it's, it's hard work. We work hard. Well, Like like it's an exertion. And I guess my We all work hard. We all work hard. But shouldn't you try to bring, or shouldn't you aspire to bring love into what you're doing so that it's not exertion that's the fuel of what you're doing, but it's still a joy that maybe takes you even farther than the exertion ever would. And I feel like that kind of being able to tap into joy ultimately leads to long-term success in a way that the hardworking and a kind of little more grizzled leaders I've encountered maybe don't quite get to. I love it, Pete. I, I, I like what you're saying. Yeah.
1: If it's arduous and painstaking and you're like Craig said in our podcast a few weeks ago, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you dread going to work, it's going to be it's going to be a terrible day and you're not going to be proactive at all with your business. And you're probably going to end up losing money because all the messages that you're going to be conveying are negative. So,
2: I think the income and the hard work is is like a byproduct of the other things that you do. You know, you want to work hard when you are passionate, and you love and you have joy in in what you do and as a result of that people are going to pay you. Because of it.
0: Yeah. And so I guess that brings me to like the, the final trait that sort of stands out to me that I think I've seen in common among successful leaders. Uh, and it's a genuine regard for people. And even making metal parts is ultimately a people business.
1: That's interesting. Why why would you say okay, making metal parts is a people business, mm-hmm. although the the operator, the programmer, the machinist is dealing with a piece of inanimate object. It's, it's a machine. You know, they're not talking to a human to human. So why would why would you say that, Pete?
0: Because that metal part is a means to an end that is really important to a person somewhere, and so of like course, a medical
1: device maybe. Well, yeah.
0: so of course the the shop owner is going to be the most aware of that, or the person, the business development person who closed the sale and is directly talking to the customer, but that importance know in a, in a more progressive organization is going to flow through to, to the people who get to make that part and who are responsible for uh, the quality of that outcome but that said, so i I mentioned the customer in that, but I guess the regard for people that i that i 'm referring to it is very easy to have a high regard to a good paying customer the regard for people that I see is more general than that an effective business leader is and, tra- and extends just as much to the employees at various levels throughout the organization yeah to
2: me you, you know you mentioned that whole it's it's this inanimate part. It's a machine yeah, yeah it's a machine and it's a part but you know you could also say that and I know that you have the same regard for the parts that you make but I mean you could also say that for like an artist, as they're you know, chiseling out a sculpture or a painter as they're painting a beautiful picture. And I know you, Jim, have a lot of regard for the products that you make. And I think that if everybody else brought that passion for making parts and, and they had that joy for producing those parts and they looked at it like it was a you know, piece of artwork, I think that you know, you know, something more would come out in, in the work that they have and they would be happier in everything that they did. And it becomes more of a, of a people business and process.
0: I was interested in the mobility news item that you guys talked about at the intro. And I, I'm hearing that for the first time, but... Oh, how they're it, monitoring people. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, wow. several thoughts to that. Yeah. I mean, one, it, it reminds me of in lean manufacturing, value stream maps. Well, it is it is people who are carrying out those value streams it is people walking those value streams so that it just seems like a logical extension of that monitoring machine time is becoming more common Uh, your people are ultimately the effort of your people is ultimately very often a higher value resource than the equipment time so you know why not apply the same metrics to that I think it makes a lot of sense US manufacturers are migrating to higher levels of value, higher levels of automation, and all of that makes the value of the employee greater and greater. And so if you can do more to to realize more of that value, I think not only does that improve the profitability of the organization, it makes the people happier.
1: So what was the four again? Just Why don't you step up? Yeah, step us through all four of those. Just bing, 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 bing.
0: Sure. Traits I see in business leaders that have looked like they have breakout success over the years that I've gotten to know them. They are authenticity, persistence, love, and regard for people. If our listeners could really think about those traits and think about and whether,
2: them, yeah, yeah and, and you know is there something there that you're not doing and really is that is that holding back your business i would i would really ask yourself you know is there something i can do to change is there something i can do to be more authentic is there something i can do in order to bring some more love to the business that i have and i really i really think that that every business owner out there and every manufacturing leader should think about that
1: those are the good traits now i want to know about because i'm always like positive and negative I want to know some of the bad traits. I want to know, like when you go into a shop and you see the owner or somebody acting this way, you say, I bet you say it to yourself, this place won't be around in three years. What are those key characteristics?
0: Yeah. Okay. So let me answer that question this way. There are three deep level trends in manufacturing. And I could talk about all three. Uh, My labels for them, automation, additive, Atmosphere. Your question, Jim, takes me right to atmosphere. What I see is the culture of machine shops is changing. Uh, I'm seeing something with increasing frequency that I certainly didn't see, maybe as recently as 15 years ago. I thought that you were going to say five, but okay, (coughs) it's evolved. It's it's taken 15 years, a long time. Yeah, in the past. Manufacturers looked at labor and even looked at skilled labor as more of a commodity. Uh, then and now we talk about labor cost as well we should. But I think I see manufacturers looking a lot more at labor value. So the thing I'm seeing is employers who are you know, asking questions like, what more value could my employees deliver in terms of overseeing and marshalling all of this capital equipment if I encourage them more, if I gave them more freedom to succeed? So, some aspects of that are shops that are clean and modern for the sake of employee appeal and employee retention, Uh, management that functions much more like a coach and a manager who's very good at being a coach, and even financial concessions toward maintaining a positive and healthy culture in manufacturing. So you asked about, Jim, some traits of manufacturers that don't look like that, that don't those success factors. Here's a clue that I see that I'm in a shop that's a little more forward looking and is thinking about atmosphere in that way, I take out my camera and I take a lot of pictures um, and I travel light, so I have kind of a simple handheld camera. I take out my camera and take a photo and the flash doesn't go off. That's significant because in the past I would take it for granted. In any shop I go into, the flash is going off all the time. But in some facilities now, the flash is sometimes not necessary because they've invested in lighting. No, they've kidding. invested something so simple. <laughs> oh, it's simple, but I think it's, it's profound, and yeah, I'm seeing it more and more.
2: You could see the dirt on the floor easier, and they maybe want to be more cognizant of cleanliness, oh my God. And, and a better working crazy. environment. And, people. And, I never would have thought of that. Well, I'll tell you, know? you and this. He
1: articulates it through the <laughs> flash on his camera. So you may not even think about it, but all of a sudden, if the flash
0: doesn't go off, you say, oh, I must be in a well-lit... Because we have known for, I don't know, a century or more... Okay lighting is okay to do manufacturing. Right. But really good lighting, it lifts the psychology yes. of oh, the absolutely. workplace. yeah. It changes the potential for happiness in what you're doing. And one of the reasons that I'm really excited about manufacturing right now is the culture change that I'm seeing in pockets here and there. The happiness of the people who get to perform this work is a real aspect. Inspirational value of more and more manufacturing. Just a sidebar, that's why I like
1: to play music in my facility because I think music music makes me happy. So I think it creates this sub thing in their head, some psychological thing that makes people
0: happy. Yeah, so let's talk about music. Let's talk about music. (laughs) So a shop that that reminds me of, I ticked off a list of shops that are doing neat things. So another one is... 3V Precision in Tacoma, Washington. And they are great when it comes to... uh, The shop owner is great at cultivating this really encouraging culture for the employees. And music is part of the environment there. Now, music in machine shops, think about some of the challenges of that. Typically, that means a boombox at the toolkit. That means... um, Competing music, at different employees. It maybe means earbuds, which yep. are questionable. Yeah, in those, terms of, those are not allowable uh, in But so the way that they handle that at Three V Precision, excellent sound system, speakers up above the machines. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and so oh, and cool. and um, sort of classic rock music. Yeah. Okay. Cl- so what do you do? Okay. So um, Jim listens to EDM
2: music. Well, um, no, I
1: don't listen to EDM music <laughs> all the time. I'm
2: Sometimes. more, I'm more of a country guy. So, how do we? So, Jim and I are both working at our, you know, our Mazak machines. How do we manage that whole like country is uplifting for me, and you know, more electronic music is is
0: uplifting for no, him? So, I what do we to, do? I
1: listen to XM 80s. Okay, well, you know. whatever. Yeah. So, I'll,
0: so I'll just tell you. So, 3V Precision, their solution to that is classic rock. I guess classic rock but is I mostly like, acceptable. No, I, like I, I do. Rock. Right. I, I like classic rock. So,
1: Atmosphere is what you seeing. Yeah. That that's an overwhelming feeling that you get when you walk into a shop. If the atmosphere is good, it's an immediate signal to you that this company's doing something proactive and right. Yeah,
0: I don't and I don't maybe it's not the lighting thing is a clue that's pretty easy to pick up. I don't know that I automatically pick it up immediately. Again, everybody puts their best foot forward. But when I said before, the three deep level trends in manufacturing, those are the things that I see sort of proceeding steadily and powerfully in manufacturing. And those are three things we're going to continue to talk about for years to come. It's it's automation, additive, atmosphere. And the atmosphere is just as significant as the other two. The three A's. Sure, a real culture change in manufacturing. That's great.
2: You know, ironically, Jim, you were listening in your shop to um, one of my favorite radio stations, which is K-Love, which is actually a very uplifting radio station. I was listening
1: to K-Love. Well,
0: maybe you weren't, but your um, teammates were. My daughter who will probably listen to this is loving this right now. Positive, encouraging K-Love. It's called it Positive, Encouraging K-Love. <laughs> That's yeah, her favorite were station. Listening to that, it was on your radio <laughs> in your shop. Yeah. Somebody all needs right. to change the channel. Why don't we
2: wrap up this episode because yeah, um, we want to move on. And, uh, Pete, we'd, we'd love to actually, have you back for yeah, a future Yeah, We actually want to have it do another episode with you. So The call to action for all the listeners of Making Chips would be to pay attention to those those three A's. You know, The atmosphere, additive, and automation. And then also to reflect on the four points that Pete talked about that were reflective of the people that were the true business leaders that were being progressive in the machining industry.
0: So those three A's, we just touched on them. Maybe if you want to do a future episode, maybe elaborating on those is what we ought to do. Let's do it. Let's do it. As part of the
1: disclaimer of the show, again, I'd like to reiterate that you know it's great to have Pete here with us today because this is a sharing platform. We're trying to inspire and equip Manufacturing leaders like us. So when they're in a situation in the future, or they're they're hit in the face with with a problem, that they can say, "Hey, I remember when I listened to Making Chips and Jim and Jason had that special guest on. They were talking about this, and um, we're
2: going to put some K love on today. We're going to put some and we're going k- to we're going to make that atmosphere more positive, encouraging. We're going to make that atmosphere more positive. positive. <laughs> So with that, why don't we uh, end this episode? Yeah, you well, give they us a can bam? get a hold
1: of us, makingchips.com, all the uh, social platforms. Uh, and, of course, if they want to go to direct, they can go to jim at makingchips.com or jason at makingchips.com or even ryan at makingchips. Just don't
2: sign me up for a newsletter that I didn't ask for. That's all Yeah, I we have. don't like
1: those. We'll hit, we'll hit delete right away and unsubscribe. So with that, Bam.
0: Here's the other problem with classic rock it's a moving window. So I'm finding things moving into classic rock that were contemporary rock in my memory.